What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 412 of the Smartout Moment Smack Talk Podcast, Hot Tags of the Week, where we will be breaking down some of the current events, the rumors, the news, the gossip, and everything else that went down on the world of professional wrestling over the past few days that we feel like talking about on Monday night. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango, and joining me, as always, is Robert DeFelice. Yo, yo, Tony, what is going on on this Monday night? Stuff's going on. Some stuff we're going to talk about. Some stuff we're not going to talk about. Some stuff that we might talk about, but off the air. Some stuff that we'll never talk about in our entire lives. Yeah, um, so <laughs> stay tuned for that, guys. Drop, drop in the comments what you think we're going to be talking about when we go off the air. <laughs> or not talking about. I'll give you a hint. Roast beef sandwiches. The best. <laughs> I have no idea where we're going with this bit, but it doesn't make any sense. We're, we're not Arby's. Yeah, let's talk about Arby's. No. <laughs> we have meats. We have no plans to talk about nothing. We have plans well, to talk about stuff. <laughs> God, we can talk about that, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we do have some plans to talk about some of these things going on here in the hot tags. Obviously, that's the whole point of a podcast is to talk instead of doing some song and dance kind of routine. Let's just move on before I keep going on down this rabbit hole. <laughs> it's yeah. just all over the place. Uh, let's talk about an unfortunate death. Hunter Horse <laughs> Helmsley passed away. You know, first of all, I I knew it was the horse, and every time I've seen this highlight uh, this headline i go triple h is dead <laughs> like just instinctively i'm like hunter hurst no for the poor horse i mean he lived a good life may he make the best glue in the world <laughs> oh. <laughs> jesus christ see these are the things we normally would say off the air but I don't give a shit. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna we'll be a lot more. Uh, a horse is a horse. You know what I mean? <laughs> Look, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but <laughs> 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 obviously, it's a bad thing that the horse died. I'm not wishing <laughs> death upon horses. I just like puns. So, uh, yeah, that sucks. Um, that's not obviously the biggest deal in the world, but that means that if they decide to do this whole horse thing again with Hangman Adam Page, that they got to get a new one. Uh, I would not be surprised about that, even if that were the case, because I would assume that they would get some kind of a local horse no matter what, instead of, like, transporting the horse to a different area. But, uh, you know, it's been how many months since that happened? Like, two? When was, uh, uh, when was All Out? I think a couple months August, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah, so like a month and a half, two months. So, RIP uh, Triple H, but not, you know, Triple H, Triple H. Let's talk about... Hey, Joey, hold on, hold on. Are you telling me Triple H is feeding with The Undertaker again? <laughs> <laughs> or are we just going to put an asterisk next to that for now? One last time until they pop up a crown jewel. Um, like we always do here, obviously, leave your comments below. Tell us your thoughts about these different subjects. Uh, if you got a horse story, leave it in the comments. I don't know. But you can't do that on the iTunes and Stitcher feeds and Google Play and Spotify and all that stuff. So head on over to YouTube. That's where you will be able to do that. And if you are on the YouTube channel and you have not subscribed yet, go ahead and do that. Ring that little bell for the notifications. Like the video. And as I said, drop a comment below. Tell us your thoughts about all these things. Because we got a couple other things to talk about here. And one of these, I really want to get to know 
people's opinions about, which is WWE 2K's glitches. Now, 2K20 in particular. This has been a story for the past couple of weeks. We knew that this was going to be a problem, and it seems like it just keeps getting worse and worse. I have not played the game. I've not had any plans on buying the game. I don't even have a system that can play the game and all that. So it doesn't affect me personally. But, I mean, there seems to be no rational explanation for how they put out a game that's this bad. I know that the whole, was it Ukes? Is that the, yeah. yeah, that is supposed to be part of the blame that they had to like rebuild everything and that they didn't have enough time to be able to do that, which to me, agree or disagree, that becomes a matter of if you know the game's going to suck, if you rush it, don't rush the game and just wait and put it out a month or two later. So that then becomes what are the requirements that they have to fulfill for WWE. I am of the belief, hold on, let me stop. Legal, full disclosure, I did receive a review copy of the game for WrestleZone.com. I am of the belief that they should have just said, yo, we lost our developer of the last 20 years. Give us some time to complete this game. But they don't really push games back like that anymore. You probably remember this one. It was one of the first games that I remember from my childhood. WWF Warzone. Oh, yeah. Was pushed back to hell. It, if you look at that roster, it comes out in like the middle of 98. It features a roster from the middle of 97 because that game was delayed and pushed back so much. I'm looking this up now because I, I loved that game for what it was back in the day. And I'm curious who was on there because I don't remember everybody that was on there. I know that like they had uh, Stone Cold and they had The Undertaker. and It's it's one of the only games that features Ahmed Johnson. It's amazing. Oh, Ahmed was in it. And uh, like an early rock is in there. The Headbangers are in there. So it's like it's really that like mid-97 crew. Okay, so it's got Ahmed, Bret Hart, British Bulldog, Farouk, uh, the double A, double O, Farouk, Goldust, Kane, Ken Shamrock, Mankind, Mosh and Thrasher, Owen Hart, The Rock, Stone Cold, HBK, Triple H, The Undertaker, Cactus Jack, Dude Love, Pamela, an Iguana Entertainment employee with Triple H's moves. Yeah, sure. it does. Rattlesnake, a stronger version of the Stone Cold Steve Austin character wearing jeans. Sue, a ring girl with Bret Hart's moves. Trainer, the character from the game's training mode, based on game tester Jello Jeff Robinson. <laughs> and uh, Turok. Turok, because fuck it all the hell, it was made by a clan. <laughs> uh, one thing that I remember quite a bit from that is that they had, like, the different modes so you can create the character. One of them was Cheesemeister. <laughs> I always thought that was very funny. Uh, but, yeah, that game was, like, a different era, and Delayed if they pushed that the back, then they probably did that to try to make it at least somewhat, like, manageable. You know, and I think this game would have been better off if it had been delayed a little bit. I think that some of the, the bits and pieces are over-exaggerated. Listen, these 2K games are not the most complete games. They never really were. However, this game just isn't finished. 
And that's so clear. Like the things that it's just a broken game. And if I was 2K, I would be all apologies and I would understand you cannot afford this next year. You need to come with everything you've got. You need to make this as, as much effort as you put into your basketball game. You need to put into this WWE game because WWE games, I think there's so much more of a special property than a standard sports game. You know how many people get back into wrestling through the video game because they're like, oh shit, I saw that this had The Rock in it and I remember The Rock or I saw that it has Razor Ramon. I want to be Razor Ramon. You know, they, they constantly devalue their own abilities by not putting out the best game possible but this game is just like it's unplayable almost i've seen glitches where people are like spinning around the ring when they're trying to do a pinfall the ropes are very broken i saw the thing about kevin owens winning a money in the bank ladder match which i thought Ah. was funny when people are like oh that explains the hell in a selfish (laughs) i i i did not see that i did not did you see the thing of uh oscar's hair oh the hair mechanics in general fucked up now i kind of feel like this might be the case but i don't know if if anybody is like a video game designer or anything that knows anything about that i might be speaking out of my ass and if so drop a comment and tell me why i would think that like the football games and the basketball games and all that would be easier to do because they would have like one arena for the most part not as much customizable options and like the wrestlers will have like okay they have to do their specific moves their specific entrances whereas like the basketball games you know NBA 2K whatever everybody just probably plays the same right yeah and so it's like really, you just have like okay scan the person's face put the like a generic body on them and then you're good to go so they probably it's like oh it's easier game so let's put more focus on on the mechanics to get to make sure that they actually work right and stuff. Whereas with the WWE ones, it's like, let's make sure we've got these people. Let's make sure we've got this entrance music and all this and all this other nonsense and whatever, you know, you're dealing with people that are like complaining about Randy Orton's tattoos being a copyright issue, like nonsense like that. And then they go, all right, now let's try to make a game out of that. You know, you see the, the, the Byron Saxton, Shit. Oh yeah, and he's talking about his optometrist. <laughs> Did you? He's got a bald spot. I was playing a game yesterday with friends. He's got a bald spot. The side, you would think it was me and Gene Okerlund. They they did such injustice to Byron Saxon that you would think they knew he was getting pulled from commentary. <laughs> yeah, it seems like this is just a complete mess in so many different ways. I saw that Edge was getting requests from people saying that they had bought the autograph version of this thing and he they didn't have the autograph on it. And at least he's being a nice guy. He's being like, you know what? Send me it through a PO box and I'll I'll sign it for you. It's just like that's that's cool. He doesn't need to do that. It's not his fault, you know. Yeah, but like, I then wonder how much of this comes down to maybe WWE just doesn't care about their games, so they're not supervising these things more strict. Maybe WWE just doesn't care about anything. I think they care about something. I think they care about the bare minimum of the things that are like 
like, okay, how are we going to please the Saudi Arabia people for those shows? How are we going to make sure we've got the venue for WrestleMania? That'll make us seem like a big deal, you know? Because even when it comes to stuff like this week's Raw, why is Andrade fighting Sin Cara again the same as last week? Why is Ricochet fighting Drew McIntyre? You got 5-1-5. You couldn't have done Ricochet versus Randy Orton. You know they're just trying to get through Thursday, right? Oh, yeah. And it's next week it'll ridiculous. get better. Well, we've been saying that all year. That's the problem. It was like we've been oh, they, they, the last year and a half. Like they're just gonna get through Royal Rumble season, then it's gonna pick up. Oh, or they're just gonna get through WrestleMania, then it's gonna pick up. Oh, okay, the draft happened or the superstar superstar shakeup happened and they just need to get readjusted. Alright, they're just waiting until SummerSlam. Alright, they're just like I feel like it's been about a year now, because I feel like if you start this with Roman has cancer you go from then to now, it's just been, fuck it, throw it at the wall. Did it stick? Nope. Fuck it, try this. Stick? Nope. I don't know. I'll be glad when they're, like, focusing on Survivor Series, because I just can't find it in myself to care that much about Crown Jewel, even though I do think it'll be a major show and some major things will happen. I just... It's still Crown Jewel. It's still Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And obviously, we will be talking about that later on this week. We're going to do our predictions, and then we're going to do the review of the show and post-show and all the other kind of stuff that we normally do. So stay tuned for that, everybody. And um, if we're talking about the idea of the, like, managing expectations and putting in effort and making sure that things really work and whether or not they're focused on certain things, one thing we should definitely address is SmackDown. Their setup for last week was different. They had to move to FS1 because of the, what was it, like the the baseball game or something? World like Series. Oh, the World, World Series. Series. Oh, wow. Shows how much of a baseball fan <laughs> yeah. I am. You really, you just outed yourself as the sports analyst on the battle. Tonight. Oh, I totally am. You know, they, they're they playing the sports ball. It's they, they the, did the uh, they did the baseball game, you know, the World Series. It's the Houston Orioles against the League of Their Own. And <laughs> uh, who's even in the fucking World Series? Houston Astros. He got that right. I don't know who they're playing against, but I know it's the Astros for sure. Yeah, the, the Astros was the only one. I I joked about Orioles. I know they're not the Orioles, but like the Astros was the only one I remember hearing about. But I didn't even like it. Didn't register to me as that being the World Series. It can't be the Phillies because you would know. Uh, uh, the city would be burning if that was the case. Uh, let's see, Houston Astros. See, this is the kind of thing we're talking about at the beginning of the show. Like, uh, what are we going to talk about? I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> the Nationals. Who the fuck are the Nationals? The Washington Nationals. What's a dumb name? Uh, the Washington Nationals. All right, it took you eight minutes to figure that out, huh? Uh, so yeah, baseball. Um, so <laughs> SmackDown is on FS1. That changes things up a little bit. It's only their third week, and they ended up having to get switched out. And the ratings were terrible. Not the worst that they've ever been in You're the wrong. history of the company. You're wrong. Oh, they were? The lowest rated SmackDown in history. No, really? I thought it had to be worse than that at some point. 880,000. Okay, wow. No, it's stand corrected. I thought that it was at least like a couple instances in the past when they were pre-taped and stuff that would have been worse. I believe this 
this beats out the last episode on sci-fi, which which had like 1.6. Jeez. Well, that's a great sign for FS1 for the whole, like, maybe they can switch it over to that. Now, I know a lot of people are attributing this to a lot of different things. And I got a feeling that it's about a bunch of different things. I think it's people weren't out on WWE, people not liking the WWE formula that they are presenting. But I really got to assume a good portion of this is just it's Friday. Yep. Like, I'm not the type of person who's like, all right, it's Friday night. I got to go out and I got to do something every single fucking week, especially now that I can't with SmackDown and stuff. But like Friday's not a good TV day. It's Monday and Thursday are the two days and Sunday night, but they can't do that for the pay-per-views and stuff. They can't do Monday because of raw. They should do Thursday. They should do Thursday. And the fact that they can't do Thursday because Fox wants to use Thursday for the bigger shows and everything is obviously indicative of the idea that they're like, no, we want to move more important things on there instead. But you put it on a, a dead slot. It's not going to be like suddenly, you know, we're getting an 8.5 rating or something. Did and we, FS1 did we discuss Bischoff or was that on the one that I wasn't on because you were in New York? Uh, I think that I talked about that one. Eric Bischoff gets fired after one week, essentially. Like, yes, he got hired in June or July or whatever, but he he does smack them for a week. On Fox, which is what he was hired for. Gets fired. Because, and I made a big stink about this on Twitter, because I don't fucking get this. You understand this, Tony. You're around wrestling all day. Wrestling's not cool. People are shocked that the number dropped significantly when The Rock wasn't on the fucking show, and you advertise, well, you won't get The Rock, but you'll get the superstars of today. And people are shocked that the number fell. Right. And it's the premiere thing, too. Like, that that was obviously going to be the biggest rating. You had the ladder match. Brock Lesnar was wrestling. And then, really? Like, Bischoff was the fall guy, right? Something's up with that whole thing. Like, you can't seriously tell me that you you front load this thing with The Rock, Brock Lesnar, and you're going to be like, yeah, stick around next week for... Roman Reigns in a tag match. It's like, no. The more and more that I think about a lot of different things when I'm looking at the product, the more that I think that there's this bubble. And we've heard about the bubble before that, like, for instance, like Vince McMahon doesn't really watch anything other than the WWE product, which is really kind of funny to me because it's like, if he doesn't watch anything but that, then why doesn't he watch the WWE product? And like, how can he not know what's going on on 205 Live? So is he only watching Raw and SmackDown? And that's literally everything that he digests all week? Like, you know, that's just kind of weird. Well, the XFL needs a lot of digestion, Tony. Uh, he really should just go on that. But we've talked about that a million times. But, like, it's weird to me that, like, maybe some of these things are a perspective problem where they think that it's a big deal each and every week. Like maybe there's like a short term memory loss kind of thing going on. Not necessarily like, Oh, that means Vince McMahon does, but like just that they think that the product needs to reboot itself every week. Like I mentioned 
why are why are Andrade and Sin Cara fighting again? Is that supposed to be a big deal? Like, is that legitimately something that somebody would go, oh, Andrade against Sin Cara? Yes. Can't wait to see that. Like, no, it isn't. And I think that that only makes sense if you haven't seen it before. And maybe they think that this is being like a week to week type of thing where it's like, well, anybody who hasn't been watching it, they're going to tune in this week and we'll show them that it's big, this different kind of thing. You haven't seen Roman Reigns because this is new for you. And it's like, well, no, he popped up last week. Oh, well, you didn't watch last week. Like, maybe there's that kind of thing. You know what I mean? nobody you you gotta understand at a certain point if that's the case that it's like well the ratings didn't change so nobody is tuning in for the first week you know and nobody's over i said this with oh let's talk about this let's let's get into this a little bit all the wrestling is gonna have rick and morty i'm almost 100 percent sure you don't watch rick and morty yeah i've never seen it i think you might like it um isn't it like a back to the future parody it's only in sense of like the two characters kind of look like and are parrying doc and marty Hmm. but they're not really uh but no rick and morty is this huge smash hit cartoon it's got a weird ass fandom like crazy obsessed but it's it's huge like like simpsons in the 90s right huge South Park when they were doing the crossover with WWE. And all the wrestling has Rick and Morty. Beautiful way to utilize your relationship with Warner Media. And that is how you become mainstream. Rick and Morty is doing something with AEW. And if it works, AEW is going to get some new eyes. WWE is not doing that. They did the draft and they're like, well, here's from the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Here's what's her face and the what's her face <laughs> says words and it doesn't even make sense or what was even worse hey look it's uh it's the nfl on fox team and they're gonna talk about oh man remember andre the giant <laughs> like, what oh i gotta have dusty Rhodes <laughs> on my team where's where, where uh where's that guy at now oh no he died oh and his son's <laughs> running this other company that's the competition it's like <laughs> It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm. Wrestling isn't cool. And this thing where everybody acts like it's the end of the world because the ratings are going down just isn't true. It's not good. They used to do tremendous numbers. Cheap plug, listen to 2001 Wrestling Odyssey if you want to hear about when WWF was still in its peak. But they need to become cool first. Give it time. You don't just fire somebody after one week. This whole thing's a mess, but it's like par for the course at this point. The ratings are bad. The video games getting refunds all over the place. It's just kind of each and every week there's a new story to talk about when it comes to that. I haven't watched all of uh, WWE backstage yet, but I did watch a few minutes of it uh, from the last episode. This show's fucking awkward, bro. And yeah, it's really awkward. And I thought that the part that I had gotten to that I really like it stood out to me that I thought was funny was Paige calling out the idea that she hates the Seth Rollins burn it down catchphrase and that she was just sort of like, oh, it's not going to happen. Like you're trying to get it over like the whole fetch thing and uh, for Mean Girls. And it's weird to me that there's like 
now WWE is making fun of itself. Like, yeah, <laughs> like that's watch, my job, you know. <laughs> watch the last episode of Backstage, complete with their own hot tags. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, you said that they have hot tags, which is just like, eh. dude. the The first thing I see, I turn on Backstage. Everybody's shitting on Shorty Gable or Shorty G. Everybody's like. Yeah. What is he wearing? This is the stupidest thing. What is this? This is dumb. It's dumb. And then they go, Booker T, Firefly Funhouse, and Booker T, first word down his mouth, it doesn't take a lot to rebuild the Firefly Funhouse. It's just some cardboard. And so, like, what? Okay. It's literally just WWE being like, hey, isn't this product stupid? <laughs> between that and the bump which is, the bump pisses me like, off it's the reverse of that it's like oh man isn't the WWE universe so cool well, it's half that and it's half like a podcast that has it's uh like a gag order on it kinda cause you could tell that like the Evan Mack and Dan Volmeyer and Matt Camp and Caleb Braxton that like if they were able to just say whatever they wanted to say, you could tell that they would have some opinions. Yet it seems like they're just kind of like, we're going to present the idea that we're talking out of nowhere. The only one of them that I really feel actually speaks his mind for the most part Papola. is R- Ryan Papola. But he's such a big fan that he tends to only say positive things. So it ends up being like, his his negative spin of things is a positive for something else. Like he's just like an optimistic person, you know. Maybe yeah. this is just us like being unaware of the transition. Like, and some kid who's a kid now will look back on this fondly. I was like, remember when they did the bump and things were changing towards like what my generation understood and like because they also have Corey Graves podcast. Yeah, that's happening Wednesday. That's happening Wednesday. And he's got Triple H. And then they do a WWE Now video where they announce that he's also going to have Rollins, Ric Flair, and Bailey. And the entire time for all the marketing on this, they're like, it's going to be edgy and unpredictable. And then Corey Graves, and I love Corey, but you don't do a video that says, I'm not trying, I'm not being edgy. That's what he says. He says, the podcast isn't about being edgy, it's about being honest, okay? And, but you don't, you don't do that and then shoot a Twitter video in black and white. Video in black and white. I'm not being edgy. I'm being honest. And we're going to ask Seth Rollins about KO. And I don't mean Kevin Owens. It's like, bro, you're coming off like. Wait, who's KO? Uh, Kenny Omega. And they had the against about KO. Oh, that's so stupid. I'm already pissed about this fucking podcast now just that. Well, I'm thinking this the is the reason like, oh, he did sleep. that and you, you might not know is Rollins did the thing again where he's Rollins and he said oh Kenny, Kenny Omega can come face me when he's done playing in the minor leagues you know let's go on this sidetrack uh, tangent thing let's talk about Rollins and Jim Ross this has been happening this week JR had a great line I thought it was really funny where he was, it's like unnecessarily taking a shot. This actually, let's backtrack. The basic summation of this whole thing is Rollins and JR 
are going back and forth with the whole idea of JR being like, yeah, well, you know, Rollins is like kind of talking out of his ass and he's taking shots and he doesn't need to. And Rollins is just kind of like, hey, fuck you, pal, and whatever. And then Jim Ross has this great line where he says about, oh, maybe he'll be over someday as over as his girlfriend is. <laughs> and that brings in Becky Lynch. And it's, it seems like it's kind of in jest, but it seems like it's the type of like poking at you that, you gets under your skin, the kind of thing where people are like play punching and then they start punching a little bit harder. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is all so childish and so, so stupid because on both sides, by the way, both sides are taking shots at the other side and they're both acting like they're completely clean of everything. And it's so dumb. Well, I like it. And here's why. I didn't like the thing where WWE came out and congratulated AEW on beating them. That's dumb. You have people actually believing something in wrestling right now. They believe you hate each other. Go out there and hate each other. You know, like, make people think that this is real. Whenever they talk about the Monday Night War, what do they talk about? Oh, that scumbag Bischoff was giving away the results. And then we came out, we did the billionaire Ted skits. Yeah, and then, you know, like, make people believe that you hate each other. I don't care if you do or not. This idea that we should all be aware that it's theater and everybody gets along. Let people believe. People go to the theater to suspend their disbelief. Like, let people believe it. I think, I think JR is fun as a cranky old man. But we just, like, People are shitting on JR for his commentary and his just in general. And I think JR is fantastic. I think him trying to add levity to AEW matches and rules and trying to establish like some form of rules in those matches. There's nothing wrong with that to me. I understand that that's not what their audience is looking for, but whatever. But he does this thing with Rollins where he's like, Listen, I think Rollins is just kissing ass to try to gain favor of the, you know, of the bosses over there. And I feel bad for the kid. He thinks he's over, but he's not over. The only thing over in WWE is WWE itself. But maybe, you know what? His girlfriend is the most over star. Maybe he'll be as over as his girlfriend one day. Perfect. Rollins is a dork. So he goes on Twitter and says, when promoting a meet and greet, Coming out with me and my super over fiance. And that's when uh, JR got into it again. And Becky Lynch goes, Becky Lynch understands social media. Oh, JR, I love you. You're an amazing announcer. Nothing but respect. Now go over there and tell your women's locker room that I'll whoop their asses in twice on Sunday. Boom. She's, she's so man. much better. Because <laughs> she, she's the man. <laughs> There's fun stuff, there's stupid stuff. I think that, like, if they're all, like, giggling backstage about it, I think it's, like, I don't know, kind of jerking themselves off over nothing. But I laughed. I thought that the, particularly the JR line, I thought was pretty funny. But I hate the whole, like, we're going to take shots, and then we're going to act like we're better than each other and all that. I'm like, I don't care. Can you just put on the best fucking show every week? Like, just try to put on a good show. I don't need, like... For instance, the Marvel versus DC thing, people are always trying to get those two to fight each other. And then when, like, 
Avengers Endgame does a shit ton of money, people working at Warner Brothers are like, nice. And people are like, oh, they're so pissed. And it's like, no, they're not. (laughs) It doesn't take anything away from them. Marvel is hurting in no fashion if a DC movie comes out and it makes a lot of bank. In fact, it helps better. Yeah. Yeah. Because the more that like superhero movies become cooler and cooler, the more that all superhero movies become cooler and cooler. The more that the genre of any type of thing becomes less cool, the more everything suffers. That's why when like westerns stopped being interesting, it wasn't just a matter of like this one production company made western movies and those were the good ones and everybody else sucked. No, people stopped doing it because nobody cared anymore. And with the AEW and WWE stuff, it's like, ah, oh, they're feuding so much. And I, I feel like people are working themselves in those shoots and stuff. And uh, well, like the fans, the fans want it though. Like you want that war. That's why I'm like, whatever, do your thing. As long as it makes you, whatever makes you happy. If it makes you happy to go fucking AEW, man, WWE sucks. Like do it. it you know, it makes you happy. It isn't that bad. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> But then, then you know what I would say to the ones that always complain, Tony? What's that? If it makes you happy, then why the hell are you so sad? <laughs> I'm sorry, you'd go with that. <laughs> Not even a big fan of that song. <laughs> All right, we got baseball, Cheryl Crow. What's next? These well, are the hot tags I came for. We still haven't talked about that roast beef. <laughs> oh. Uh, let's move. Well, let's let's keep talking about AEW. Uh, let's talk about this. They huge fucking announcement, major announcement. You never know what's gonna happen. It's the best thing ever. Uh, wrestling's gonna change, whatever. Basically, what happens is WWE or WWE AEW put out this idea of that they're gonna put this big announcement, and then you get, for instance, twelve hours ago. Five minutes till our announcement. Get your guesses in. Hint, it's not action figures and we aren't moving to Monday nights. And Tony Khan responds. Jeff, let's do our best not to toy with people's emotions like this. We got people who aren't near the Florida market all excited. Now we have to come up with another another huge announcement. One that affects all our fans everywhere to make it up to them. So that's what we'll do. The huge announcement. WWE is going uh, to keep saying WWE. Again. AEW is going to do a Homecoming Edition beginning of the year uh, episode. So yeah, just... I think that Tony Khan calling his social media manager out in public was a dick move. It is a big announcement. People travel for shows. People travel for shows all the time. This idea that, oh, well, you pissed off people not in the Florida market. Yeah, and you pissed off people not in the West Virginia market when you announced that you were crowning your first tag team champions in West Virginia. What's your point? Like, don't be a dick to your social media manager who's trying to hype your announcement. Like, what what would you want them to do? Hey, guys, we have a location announcement. Hey, we're in Jacksonville. Bye. I don't know. See, I find this annoying. Because to me, this isn't a huge announcement. This is the type of thing that you put out there and you say, uh, I don't know, like, special episode of uh, AEW coming next year. Find out more information later. It's going to be a big one or something like that. Not like huge announcement. 
get your guesses in about what this announcement's going to be. Because then you got to know that you start getting people that are jumping all over the place. Oh, they're going to get to have a video game. They're going to have action figures. They're going to add a second show. We got a new pay-per-view that we're going to announce, like a big signing. I think in any... What's that? They signed that boxer. I don't uh, know about uh, boxing, but they yeah. signed a guy named Anthony Go-Go. Yeah, I like his name. A go go. Let's have a let's have a fun childhood. Wake me up before, before you go go. <laughs> so I think that this is kind of a BS move. I think that whenever you're plugging the idea that you've got something big and you want people to like build up hype to it. You need to mitigate the idea that their hype doesn't get beyond what it is. Because then whatever the announcement is, if it's not matching that hype, then people are just instantly disappointed. Like, if I were to say to you, uh, I got a big announcement coming for Smack Talk soon. You didn't tell me? What the fuck? What would, what, would you, what would you think that the big announcement would be? It's ending. If you came to me and said... <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Oh, you're ending it. (laughs) More than likely, that probably would be the next big announcement. But yeah, like I would think, if I were the people that were listening to this show right now, you lovely fine people who should be following us on Facebook and Twitter, I would think if I said to you a big announcement's coming for Smack Talk, you would be thinking that I was going to say something like we're going to go live, or. I'm going to add an extra week's worth of shows. We're going to record on Mondays and on Wednesdays and on Fridays, and we're going to be doing a post-Smackdown show. Or we're going to introduce this new member of the crew, and it's going to be this name that you recognize, and that person's going to be popping in once in a while. Or, hey, a big announcement coming. We're switching over to Twitch. You know, instead of being like, big announcement coming, get your guesses in, it turns out that... We decided we're going to do our predictions for Crown Jewel on Tuesday instead of Wednesday. Or something like that. Oh, <laughs> well, that's like... a big announcement. This changed my whole schedule. <laughs> Which we still are doing it Wednesday. But, like, <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Like, that is kind of, it's like BS. Yeah, but I still think it was wrong of Khan to call it a social media guy. You could have done that well, in private, you dick. <laughs> do you think that that's to get, like, that was to totally save face to with the fans? fans? That's totally good. The fans look at Tony Khan. He's such a good boss. He cares about his fans. He's gonna call people out on their shit. It's like, come on, man. Now the conspiracy theory comes back to: Did they do that on purpose? They totally on purpose. Like, was it the idea behind it to set up a a, a bigger big, announcement? Like, yeah, a big announcement just so they can go. Hey, we're going to be the good company here and we're going to mitigate those responses and all that. And he teases the idea. Now we have to come up with another huge announcement that affects everybody to make it up to them. So now that teases the idea that there is a big announcement coming forward and you can still get people to go, yeah, but what's the next big announcement? I, it, I think if they did that ahead of time, I'll pat them on the back that that's actually like a manipulative, smart strategy. I think they kind of did that. Because I don't think you would really have your social media guy do that and call him out in public. <laughs> I just don't see that as rational and reasonable, but I could be wrong. And, of course, that brings up the question, what do you think that that huge announcement's going to be? Video so they, we fucking go right into the, the trap. <laughs> Video game. Like if, if a location announcement wasn't enough for you, 
It's a video game. The video game is the first one that came to my mind, too. I would assume that somewhere down the line they would try to get action figures going. I would assume that when they have an idea of when their next pay-per-view is, obviously they're going to announce it because they have to. That's kind of like <laughs> you can't just like not announce a pay-per-view and be like, ah, nobody showed up, you know? But they teased the idea of the video game a while back. And I'm still kind of banking on this idea that they're going to end up having this video game that's nothing like the 2K games. I feel oh, like they're going to announce something that's, that's going to be like an 8-bit. Oh, I, see, I don't want that. And, like, let me be clear. Retro side-scrollers and shit are super in right now. But I just want a legit video game. Like, I don't want I don't want an 8-bit style game. I mean, arcade style in terms of gameplay, sure. But don't give me a Nintendo game. Give me. I think that that's coming. I don't want, like, oh, look, we modded pro wrestling on the Nintendo. And instead of Starman, you can be Kenny Omega. I, I don't want it. I probably just spoke it into existence. My bad. But, you know. Well, have I, you noticed that the Being the Elite intro is getting, well, like, like uh, that's slower? It. You don't follow Wrestling Arcade? No. Follow Wrestling Arcade on social media. This dude takes all the old Super Nintendo and Genesis graphics, and he puts them. He, like, does historic and modern wrestling events in those graphics it's the best so it's kind of like the video game equivalent of like how people do that with the action figures where they're like let's take old action figures and repurpose them and stuff yeah like this dude takes the another thing i don't follow so it's not like i really have a whole experience following all that either but yeah he like repurposes that yeah because i'd imagine that would be like your fandom a little bit right super nintendo genesis yeah that was like when i was playing more video games yeah yeah so like i love that uh page but if they were to do a 16-bit game i think they would have to know that it can't be their mainline game and i think and this is a, a different maybe a fanboys discussion but i'd like to see people move away from mobile gaming like oh, god be- yeah WWE has 10, not 10, maybe like 6 mobile games, and they're all unique, and they're great. But, like, make a good game that I can play on my television, please. Again, this is a discussion for a fanboys type of thing, so if you do want us to talk more about this kind of stuff, head on over to fanboysanonymous.com, show that website a whole bunch of support, because we do have, even though it's mostly movie review type of stuff, TV is covered there, comics are covered there, video games are covered there to a certain extent, however much time I get and whatever. And I would love to have a full-on discussion about the fact that I freaking hate how mobile games, and I get that they're, like, money makers and that's why, but how long did it take for us to get, like, an Avengers game that was not just, like, some kind of thing that you tap on a mobile thing or... Anything that's like that, I just, who gives a shit about these games where it's like, oh, this is you got the card or whatever. Yeah, WWE like, has a lot of those. They have Mayhem, which is like a fun arcade style game, but you tap all the buttons. Mm. You got Supercard, which is exactly what you just <laughs> described, and you've got a Universe, which is more like a simulator, but it's still kind of tap the screen. I want a real game. I want a right. real game. That's fun and different from the 2K games. And I want it with licensed performers. Instead of the, you know, 
this random luchador game or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole another thing uh, worth talking about on another day. If you want us to do that kind of stuff. Donate to this Patreon. Donate to the Patreon. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we could do a whole discussion about wrestling video games and stuff like that. The Patreon is the best way to motivate us to do that going forward. And that could be for Fanboys Anonymous or for Smartout Moment. So if you want to toss a buck our way or five bucks or 50 bucks, if you want to be a part of the Pick Your Poison tier and request something in particular, we are going to get around to doing Marco's uh, request, which is a Mount Rushmore of comedy acts. So that's going to be coming up at some point whenever we can get the time to do it in the next like week or two. And then we've also got guest five is going to be tossing out a suggestion for something for us to do. So we got another one that's going to be coming up soon, but there's the fanboys anonymous as well. So if you want a fan tracks or a fan ounce table, or if you want like a, a list thing or some kind of a other, there's plenty of special features. It's like the whole gimmick of everything. Consider doing that. Even if it's just a book and we will talk more plugs in a minute, but again, and we have to preface this. We don't know all the details behind a lot of these things. We don't know if this was an intentional type of thing. We don't know if this was complete blind ignorance, unintentional, the discussion never really happened to get to the point where the approval or denial stage was, you know, whatever. It it seems like there was a discussion back and forth between the idea of this one designer and Triple H not thinking that Jordan Miles approved the design and there's so much convoluted stuff that we are just not privy to. So we have to obviously take things with a grain of salt and we can't really talk about a lot of these things with a lot of certainty because everything can be changed with a couple other details and everything. And since then, this has been blowing up into multiple other different things. He posted a video saying WWE doesn't care about black people. There have been discussions of the past treatment of black superstars and I mean, there's, it's almost like every time you check the news, there's an extra little uh, wrinkle to this whole thing. So at least as far as like the foundation of this whole system goes, is there anything that I'm really like missing out on? So that is, that is the gist of it. So the shirt in question is not currently on the shop. Right. Which that makes sense. They did take it down. They did also, they put out a statement. That essentially said, well, no shirts were sold, but he, he collaborated with us here. They can't. He, he collaborated with us. So while we understand his, you know, outrage, he basically saying, trying to cover their ass. He collaborated. Trying to say, like, he thought it was fine before. Yeah. Now... Which may or may not be true. Okay. So, so he did say, I approved it when I saw it on a white design. When I saw it on a white t-shirt. And I think this is an important thing to talk about. Huh. The, the racial overtones are, they're, they're there. Like, you can't deny that it's there. Why? Who was in the room? Was there no person of color designer in that room that went, what is this? And can we maybe not make it look like a mouth? Or can we maybe not? Like, can we put it on a a blue t-shirt to make the design not seem so 
directly related to this. You know, like there there were works around this that it just seems like maybe miscommunication or maybe WWE's propensity and every wrestling organization's propensity to have everything on a black shirt. Yeah, see, I mean, this is where I think that maybe we need to call into the idea of the the concept of ignorance. I think they tend to put everything on a black shirt for the most part, right? Like they put like Finn Balor designs on a black shirt or an Oscar design on a black shirt. I think at the very least, because I would think that that's like the industry standard. It's a black shirt or a white shirt. So I don't, I can't imagine that somebody actively made the choice because they wanted it to have some kind of a racist undertone or some kind of a, like a statement for that. That doesn't excuse the idea that they, didn't understand that that could be taken that way. But I think that's more on ignorance and just not connecting the dots more so than like, we wanted to make a statement for that. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's kind of like you're being oblivious to the fact that it could be taken that way instead of actively choosing that kind of a thing, you know? But they, they just should have. Then they like, okay, here's the thing. You're collaborating with your superstar, right? Your superstar tells you, this makes me uncomfortable. That's where that's where a lot of this... Like... When we this, specify this the idea that we don't know... This is the main event of WrestleMania where, oh my god, our futures bank on this. It doesn't matter if it makes you uncomfortable. This is a fucking t-shirt design. Right. If he said no, it should have been no. That's it. But has that not been clarified? He put out an email from the guy that said, yeah, well, Hunter said that you had issues, but but Hunter likes the design, and he had some update. I want to read the email. Because that's – a lot of this is like the minutia of the details can make a big difference of a lot of the opinions about this. Like by all means, I'm pretty sure everybody that's reasonable and rational looks at this design and they go – Oh, okay. I can understand why that could be an issue. They shouldn't have that now that it's been called an attention. I don't think anybody could really argue against that. I mean, I'm sure that there are people that are. But I think any rational, reasonable person, if somebody were to say, this could have racial overtones, you should take this down, everybody would go, oh, okay, well, if it can come off as offensive, let's take it down. Like, you know. And if that was brought up and the response was no then that's a really bad problem. Yeah. Now, if he just said, like, oh, I'm cool with it and approved of the design, then oh, why are you okay. complaining yeah, about I it took down, I think he took down the tweet with the email. Again, it doesn't... It, why did you need to go ahead with the design? You know, like, why didn't you just use Miles' counteroffer to begin with? Why are you like, yeah, you know what? We we really want to go with this smile design. And be that as it may, fine. You're going to tell me that there wasn't a single person in that room that said, wait, that don't look right. <laughs> Hold on. Are we sure we need to put this out? Can we put this on any other color? You know what I mean? This is design. Tony, you can go on T-Public right now and they'll give you every color in the fucking rainbow. Right, By the way, exactly. you should. com slash moment. Hey, yeah. look at that. That's a good little transition there. Uh, and I can promise you, I do not have a design up that is the Jordan Miles. So. No, because cause 
you're a person with common sense. This really seemed like even even if it wasn't intentional, right? I would 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 you work under the assumption that it was unintentional? I, I would work under the assumption that it's unintentional. Yeah, I do not think that they sat there and really in 2019 said, <laughs> "Yeah, <laughs> yo, we're gonna make the most racist design we can think of. Let's do this." Yeah, I don't think that anybody, and if they were, by all means, that person needs to get fired. Like, I, I do I'm, not think that anybody on the design team was like, "Let's try to do something based off of this old." racist cartoon design aesthetic you know no the person should get fired and if that's like obviously if that was the case then that's a a big oversight with like why the hell did you hire a designer that would have thought that that was a good idea and they did the right thing by pulling it instead of saying no we're sticking to our guns we really like this design because that's why would they want to stick to that and whatever but then this starts taking a whole nother turn and Jay Lethal starts getting into the mix. And that's another discussion for people that are better suited to talk about a lot of these issues. We're not even going to attempt to be like, our stance on this is that kind of a thing and all that. But where do you think this is all going to go? Like, I got people... It's um uh, finding on Twitter that are saying he's trying to get out of his contract. He's trying to get fired. I got people that are saying, no, this is uh, an issue. I stand by him a hundred percent and he should be rewarded he, for his efforts. I got people who are saying like, this isn't as big of a deal. Why is this going out of nowhere? I got, like, a, I got a lot of those and that's scary. I got a lot of people being like, this ain't racist. Yo, you need to, you need to listen I think, like, back off, because if it don't offend you, doesn't mean it's not offending somebody, and you do not want to get caught up in that, uh, caught up in that firestorm. Do not try to be this, uh, the world's too sensitive. Nope. If this dude says it hurt him, you need to let it hurt. Like, you know what I mean? Let him feel whatever he's feeling. My concern is, what happened? Did you sit on it for so long that you let it fester? Yeah. Like, and then it became, you know, and what the fuck? Why is Hulk Hogan still there? Which is not exactly what he said, but he did say the company right. is a fraud and Hulk Hogan shouldn't even be allowed to work there. It seems like it turned from an issue of a potentially just blind ignorance type of design idea that could be construed in a racist way, not getting called attention to in advance enough and not being pushed out of the design process and all that other kind of stuff, which seems like it should have like multiple steps. Like what we were saying before, somebody in the design process could have been like, nah, this might be taken the wrong way. And it could have stopped there. Or they could have gotten to the point where it's like the design is going through its finalization and, plenty of other people are looking at it and they call attention to it and it gets taken down or even just if this would have ended with like hey this is making everybody uncomfortable let's take it down and then oh, i'm glad that that got sorted out but then it's getting like more and more and more and it's getting like now it seems like well there's this bigger issue with this and this bigger issue with that it's now becoming this is an issue with the racial insensitivity overall of the wrestling world yeah, the whole wrestling world, not just WWE. And that's something that's like 
wow, this T-shirt design like really that controversy blew up. To, isn't that, isn't that a, a weirdly beautiful thing about the world? This little thing is now sparking this big discussion about real change. Because well, I don't know. See, I don't let's feel. Let's dive headfirst into this. Major black pro wrestlers throughout history. Name one that wasn't. Who's not the Rock? That wasn't completely stereotyped. It's hard to to think of that. I think you can say maybe Shelton, and even at some point they gave him, you know, the mama gimmick. Right. Like they can't help themselves, and and for that but, matter too, for anybody that's doing the whole like, you know, why are you focusing on this or whatever, happens to the Asian wrestlers, happens to the Samoan wrestlers, like, Hispanic wrestlers. Yeah. Why is I mean, every it, why is every Samoan a savage? Why is every Hispanic wrestler like? Why do the Mexicans come out on lawnmowers? Different era, but still wildly. Even as something as like simple as like, why was Becky Lynch doing like the Irish jig? Jig when she came in. You know, nah. like it's that type of like, well, let's boil everything down to you must fit into the stereotypes of things, which or is the, the funkadactyls, right? Or like, why does everything need to be a stereotype? Now, I will, I will say, you don't need to be vanilla, but you don't need to be a complete caricature of what your race is represented as in society. And that is a huge issue within wrestling in general, because it seems like they don't know how to tell these stories. And now, whether you agree that the world's gone too sensitive or not, I think you can admit that multiple men who are over the age of 50 probably shouldn't be telling 30 and younger people of color how to represent themselves. Would you... Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, in any of these arguments, whether it's something on the pro wrestling side of things or it's something on even, like, the entertainment side of just, like, movies and stuff like that, like, when people are doing the whole, like, Oscar's so white and uh, Brie Larson's talking about the representation of people through the, the press junkets and stuff like that, I feel like I have to go back to my old phrase that I've been saying over and over again. This shit is not that fucking hard. It's like, if something is offensive, you talk to people who are offended by it. You figure out how to get that out of the way. You get out of the way. You you change for the better. You You apologize for any misconceptions. You take that more into consideration at another time for the future. You try to make sure that it doesn't happen again. And then that there's a certain level of like, okay, let's all come together and kind of move on. Like, you know, it's all that, again, it's all part the details. Of the conversation, though. Yeah. And I think, like, fuck it. If this shirt sparks the bigger conversation, I think that's awesome. But I do want to throw out it's important when you're having the conversation to try and let people understand what is offensive about this. Because I'm seeing a lot of people go, well, if you don't know, then, you know. Then you're part of the problem. Right. Or then I, you should know. And, yeah, it's kind of, you ever have, like, a 
like an ex or something or like a family member that goes like, I'm mad at you and I'm not going to tell you why until you figure it out. Yeah. Like that never helps anything. No. and then, But like, I think with this, people need to be allowed to go. And yes, you do need more representation and representation is important, but that doesn't mean that like we shouldn't have had to shy away from this conversation because we're not, you know, we're not two black guys. We're, but we need to talk about the conversation. And I think it's important that all voices be heard. But I also think it's important to have common sense and know right from wrong. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of what I've seen in the comment sections of the situation are exposing a lot of ignorance within the fandom. And here's the thing. I don't know what happens here. They're not going to fire him. It'd be stupid to do so. Well, that's like, he's he's digging a hole in ways that it's not going to, it's not looking good for his career. He's got but, the high ground. But he's in a position where if they were to say like, wow, he's really like causing some issues. We need to let him go. They're going to come off as horribly racist because they're going to be like, oh, we're going to silence the guy who's calling us out on our shit. It's almost like nobody can win on this. Like the design was already bothersome. It already upset people and it already happened. And no apologies so far have been taken as like some grand gesture of like, now everything's cool. So feelings are hurt on all sides. People are arguing about stuff. It's creating more controversy. People are then throwing extra arguments in there. I can't see anything like being like a fix for all this. So if they, if Triple H, I don't know why I said Triple H, if anybody has him, sits down with this guy, air, air out his grievances, talk to him, talk to, have an open forum and fucking air the thing if you need to. Like, let this be public. I don't know. I don't know how anybody moves on to whatever next step from this. I feel like there's that closed door meeting thing. We're going to find out some more information about that at some point, maybe. Who knows all the little details that go along with this that could change things? Who knows the next thing that's going to be another talking point? But it's certainly going to be something to pay attention to. That's for sure. Um, Let's talk about Table for Three. (laughs) Appetite for APA. It was JBL, Ron Simmons, and Teddy Long. I thought that this episode was fine. Wasn't all that great. Wasn't all that bad either. It's kind of a, let's see it if you get the chance to, kind of a thing. I I still have major problems with the format of Table for Three. I think they should just be longer and let the people eat. Don't even do cutaways. Just watch dudes have a good meal and a good conversation. Yeah, and I think that the less that we've seen of the people that are interacting with each other, the more that there's a chance to have some better conversations. Like, this one, JBL and Ron Simmons are talking about, like, hey, we used to have a lot of fun, Teddy Long. The gist of this whole episode is Teddy Long didn't pay for anything ever, which we already got that of the Hall of Fame. I, so they kind of retreaded the same ground, you know? Teddy had one of the best Hall of Fame speeches of all time, right? To be right. honest, I don't remember. Well, his whole thing was just, 
you know, and I'm going to put you in a tag team match, and Bradshaw, you're going to go one-on-one with The Undertaker. And I just thought it was funny because the dude knew he was a meme, steered right into that skid, and it worked. And he didn't say, he didn't drone on like Hillbilly Jim, and he didn't say you need an opponent. He said you need a partner. (laughs) Tag team (laughs) He talks about that a little bit. Apparently, that was a little bit of Vince McMahon pushing him in the direction of, like, it's a tag team match. You got to be all like, ah, it's interesting. He's just like, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> can you, can you, that sounds like uh, something you hear on Pritchard's show, like him saying to Kelly Kelly, I'll teach you how to dance. Right. The last hot tag that I've got down is... Something for the people who have not watched Monday Night Raw. Sin Cara has a valet now who seems to be going by two different names. <laughs> they have referred to her as Catalina over and over and over again. Which is her name. Her, yeah, her, her name her is brother. Catalina Garcia. And yet the screen said Carolina. And the website says Carolina. I'm now that 100% may... under the impression of they need to trademark something. So they're going to go with Carolina, and it's just gonna, it's the same. Yeah. <laughs> and no, nobody told the announcers. So they kept saying Catalina because that's her name. And it's like that, that's like the way of saying it if you're trying to do the accent, which is very cringy to be all like, oh, and it's a Catalina. It's like, uh, uh I don't like this. <laughs> I was not impressed. I, you um, know, I put on Raw. I was having issues all night trying to watch Raw, but I put on a stream, and the first thing I hear is Jerry King Waller call Andrade, Andrada, or or something like that, and I'm like, why is this dude on commentary? I, this whole thing with Carolina, Catalina, whatever you want to call her, I'll call her Catalina, because at least that's what her name is. Um, she comes in, she's Sin Cara's valet now, she's supposed to offset Zelina Vega. It doesn't seem like she's a manager. That's why I'm calling her a valet because she didn't really like manage certain people. Drake Maverick was speaking on behalf of AOP. Paul Heyman is the advocate who books everything for Brock Lesnar. Uh, Maria Canellis, somewhat more of a manager type because she's kind of trying to book matches for Mike Canellis. Catalina seems like she's just kind of hanging out. Like she's just sort of there. She's she eventually can... gonna kick Selena Vega's ass, and she's yeah. only nineteen. I think we need to fucking stress this. She is nineteen years old. That's crazy because she doesn't look like she was nineteen, and she's just gotten into the performance center. Like this is not somebody who's been a part of the NXT system for three years or something. She's pretty brand new to this, and she's already on TV. She's wearing a mask. She's doing something, which is good. But there are some people in that performance center. That are likely pissed. Oh, I would assume so. Be like, she just came here and she's not only like on NXT television, she's on Monday Night Raw. Like, But that happens to some people. I mean, Braun Strowman didn't hang around in NXT super long. Yeah, he pretty much went up to the main roster pretty quick. And some people like Angelo Dawkins, they stay in there for years until they get to the point where they're hitting on that gimmick that works. So this could work out pretty well for her and being a part of the Sin Cara thing, maybe that's going to be like the biggest problem, but that's going to help her learn the ropes a little bit. And she's got a purpose right now. Like she's going to be hanging around with Sin Cara who seems to get 
have gotten a little bit more of a push this time around. I like but the I fact still, that he's getting a push. I still just don't like it all because I can't buy into Sin Cara really meaning anything. Yeah, he's because... lost the last match. He lost this match. It's been a bunch of years since he they actually tried to like push him. I can't see this really going anywhere for the most part. Like, high. Well, you never know. I mean, Kofi became world champ, you know, and he had a tumultuous career. I would have never thought that he would have won the world title out of Mania. So, like, maybe Sin Cara next year or the year after is fighting for the world title out of Mania. Yeah, you never, never say never. But I didn't like this first outing for Catalina. To me, they did her wrong because she comes out there and she's literally supposed to be serving the purpose of offsetting Zelina Vega so that something doesn't happen. And what happens? Sin Cara loses the match anyway. Well, it's yeah, like, but she did get her hands on Vega, didn't she? Barely. I mean, didn't seem to make that much of a difference to me. Fair enough. I think that if they would have wanted to do this well, they would have had something like a DQ ending maybe, or she would have done something to where Andrade would have been the one that was a little bit distracted and Sin Cara would have gotten a pinfall victory that way, some kind of a schoolboy or something like that. And that kind of booking to me is like, why, why didn't you do that? Like, who's writing this, you know? It's, uh, people are going to love it, Tony. It's good shit. <laughs> so we could talk about Raw, but that's the thing. I want to talk about, me. I want to talk about Rusev. And and I Bob, and Bob Lashley, it. I I was thoroughly entertained because it just it got to the point of like so bad it's good. Where Rusev, not for me. <laughs> somebody must have told Vince McMahon or anybody in a position of power that this man just got his American citizenship because he is playing foreign naive dude whose wife is. Sleeping with another man. He was called a sex addict tonight. If he, Lana said that she wanted to leave him because all he wants to do is have sex with her. Uh, Rusev said the word shit on TV. <laughs> uh, that Bob Lashley is talking shit. And Rusev got kicked in the dick a couple of times. Poor guy. Not having his blue chew. Couldn't have done that if he had blue shoes. The Lashley's foot would have broke. And then or if it was Jerry Ryan. Oh uh, yeah. And then Lana and Lashley make go make out over a fallen Rusev. This is such a weird thing, but it was so fucking entertaining. I hate it with a passion. I hate everything about it. I think I'm just over, not over wrestling per se, but like over. Okay, I get it. Everybody's a good worker. At least this was like. What am I even watching? So I got a laugh out of it, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. That makes one of us. I think that this is one of the stupidest things they've done all year. I hate this storyline with a passion. I think that, I don't know if this is Paul Heyman's idea, because of the whole, like, the who's the baby of the Maria thing got dropped, and then they move into this, but I do not like my pro wrestling to be like let's amp up the soap opera thing to like a 15 how does carolyn like it uh, you know i i don't know if she has a strong feeling about the lana type stuff 
she watches enough trash TV that she should like it. Like her, one of her favorite shows is My Ninety Day Fiance. <laughs> Oh, that is awful. That is... Yeah. It's like, you know, she watches it for that whole, like, the awful people drama type stuff, so that this would be, like, kind of a part of that, but I think the fact that it's scripted more so than even, like, the real people being scripted kind of loses its, like, its punch, you know? Yeah. I hate it, though. I think that this is, like, when they started to work into the point where that was, like, the main event i was just like you gotta be fucking kidding me they're ending with this crap the king's divorce court and just no i i have no idea who i'm gonna pick for the mvp of this week but it's not gonna be them that's for sure well i blame bob lashley good old bob lashley good old fucking bob lashley man uh Corey graves called him washington steel and uh you either get that or you don't but I think that's brilliant. That Remington steel? Lashington steel. That's not even like, I don't know. That's trying too hard. I think. <laughs> oh, those are hot tags. Those are some topics. We talked about them the way that we promised. So, so uh, roast beef sandwich, huh? Roast beef. So what are you going to put on a roast beef sandwich? If you get a roast beef sandwich, um, Definitely going to go double on the meat. Definitely going to do some mayonnaise. I think I like mayonnaise. Like mayonnaise? Oh, not a fan. Really? Yeah, I'm not a fan of mayonnaise. Why? Don't like the taste. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> if you like the taste of mayonnaise, let us know in the comments. I'm going gravy oh. and some Swiss cheese. Oh, I didn't get a roast beef sandwich. I'm a provolone guy. Uh, provolone over almost everything, but when it comes to like the beef related stuff, you go Swiss. That's how I think. You, you give me a chicken sandwich, we're going provolone, we're going mozzarella, we're going, you know. And that's your sandwich talk. The reason why I'm managing roast beef, kind of want a roast beef sandwich. <laughs> that's why this all happened. I haven't had a roast beef sandwich in a long time, but gravy, gravy. Ooh, gravy sounds real good now. You know what? Fuck ending this episode right now. I gotta go on a rant about something. <laughs> I go to Wawa. Oh, I like on, Wawa. Uh, Wawa's the best. I go to Wawa on Sunday, and I'm like, oh, they got the gobbler. I'm gonna get the gobbler. The fucking gobbler options that I get are not the gobbler. I'm looking on my screen, and it says... Now with mashed potatoes or sweet potatoes, and the only options are the hot turkey with the gravy and mashed potatoes, or the hot turkey with the gravy and sweet potatoes. No option with the stuffing. And I'm like, that's what I wanted. I wanted the goddamn stuffing and the sandwich and all that. I wanted my gobbler. Not this knockoff kind of thing, the gobbler or whatever. And it was annoying because I sat there and I ate my hot turkey and gravy with no, no stuffing sandwich and, and goddamn it, Wawa. <laughs> they make some premium shakes. Go to Wawa. I actually Wawa. have not had the milkshakes. Go and get the milkshakes. They're so good. They're so good. <laughs> more important than any of the wrestling talk. <laughs> so, so much more important. Later on this week, we will talk about Crown Jewel. We will give our predictions for the event. Then when the event happens, we will do our post-show 
and you will be able to hear probably Halloween people in the background doing whatever they're doing. I'm assuming trick or treating, maybe something else. Uh, my plugs are pretty much all wrapped up. Toss out yours. We got some more from your side of things. Ewrestlingnews.com. You work there, Tony. Yep. Yep. Um, WrestleZone.com. I do the WrestleZone daily, four days a week. I did the Raw post show tonight. I'll do the Wednesday night War post show. I cover NXT. I work there Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, Fightful.com. Because when I'm done. Wrestlezone on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I do Fightful Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, wrestling is my life. Some days that's awesome, and some days that's just the worst. Uh, 2001 Wrestling Odyssey. Myself and Callum Bugan, we hop in that DeLorean, and we go back to 2001, where wrestling changed forever. We cover October. This, this month, because it is October, and that's how Months work. And, <laughs> you know, if you think that the discussion Tony and I had about uh, racial overtones in wrestling, if you're into that, we get into a little bit of it when we're covering World Wrestling All-Stars. We get into the discussion of homophobia in wrestling and how gay stereotypes are, are just some of the, the most blatant weird things that you'll find in older wrestling and uh, Jerry Lawler is on that world wrestling all-star show. Jerry Borash. We talk about uh, Stevie Ray because suckers got to know like 2001 wrestling Odyssey is such a joy. And I commend Callum all the time. I think he's a wonderful wrestling fan and historian and you should really check it out. And while we're at it, follow him on Twitter at Wigmaster 14. All right, everybody follow all of us. Stay tuned for everything, and that'll do us in. So thank you for listening to this episode of the Hot Tags, the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk podcast, and we will see you next time. This has been another Smart Out Moment, and we're being counted out. Ah!